I'm a fish boy who skates for Team X Blades with a leprechaun Who plays basketball, come to my smart house Meet my alien sister, don't come hungry Because I'll bet my mom can't Hello and welcome to Mom Can't Cook, a decom podcast. I am one of your hosts, Andy Farrant, and I get the greatest Christmas present of all to spend time with my friend Luke. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're not Luke. Who's... What have you done with Luke? Where's Luke? Why? How did you get in here, why bearded it's man? Me, Father Christmas. Father... Oh, my God. Where's Hello. Luke? What have you done with him? <laughs> He's dead. Have you, have <laughs> oh, my you God. Been, why have you been good this year, Andrew? Oh, my God. I, I hit Santa Claus with a fire poker. <laughs> It'll take a lot more than that to take me down, Andrew. You don't think Luke fought back? He did ferociously. <laughs> I pick up the phone receiver. <laughs> my elves have cut the lines, Andrew. <laughs> oh my god! What do you want, you you monster? <laughs> what is it you want? I want you to come to the North Pole with me. I'm assembling a team. A team of what? You'll see Reindeer, when, you'll see you when sick? We, you'll see when we get there. Oh, well, I'm sorry, folks. It's going to be a short episode today. Yep. Hello, I'm I'm back. I, oh, good. Santa resuscitated me. Uh, he said that I yet had a part to play in his grand design. <laughs> um, hello, it's me, Luke Westaway. Today we're talking about the Disney Channel original movie, The Ultimate Christmas Present. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, should we Christmas. hear the promo clip for it? <laughs> yeah, actually, I am. I'm keen to know what yeah. the hell they thought was going on. What tack they took. Yeah. Imagine if you had the power to change the weather. What did you do? I just touched that button. We interrupt this program for a special weather bulletin. Two best friends are about to give Los Angeles. It's snowing. A white Christmas. The consequences could be disastrous. We'll be responsible for the next ice age. And when this power falls into the wrong hands, I will control the weather. Someone's gonna pay for messing with Christmas. You're gonna get it. This Friday, Disney invites you to unwrap the ultimate Christmas present. Who are they? Trumpet and Sparky, two of my elves. But they're so tall. Do you have a problem with that? All these two LA girls want for Christmas is a ton of snow. But you know what they say, be careful what you wish for. The world premiere of the new Disney Channel original movie, The Ultimate Christmas Present, opening this Friday at 7, 6 central, Inside Zoo Weekends. So, so. anything, do you, is there anything you want to say up top before we dive into the recap? Oh, man, anything I want to say up top? Okay, um... The... It's directed by Beeman. It's directed by Old Man Beeman. A rare miss from Old Man Beeman. And I will always, I'll always find something to enjoy from <laughs> Old Man Beeman. Um, we have a lot of bad protagonists in DComs, yes. right? Sure, um, sure. This, this protagonist, I would, uh, okay, just up top, the protagonist sucks, has no redeeming qualities, and Brenda Song um, is so hard done by. Her character in this movie is so hard done by. Yes, this movie features DCOM royalty Brenda Song. Uh, who is yeah? Whose character is yeah? Criminally, basically stands around in the background, simpering at the at the, the awful things that the main character does yep. to and around her. It's pretty dire. Uh, uh, but yes, yeah, so let's dive into it. Um, okay, so we open extremely unpromisingly with a reggae version of "Deck the Halls." 
It reminded me so much of the jumping ship music. Yeah, um, there's there's a bit of music coming up. You're going to hear an audio clip in a few minutes um, that has some incidental music in it that is just so reminiscent of the jumping ship uh, music. Yeah, we'll get there. I looked it up, and sure enough, the composer is the same for the ultimate Christmas present. <laughs> yeah, and, and yes. jumping ship. I, oh my god! Please tell me it's a white man with dreadlocks. <laughs> I can't, I, there's no, there's no image. Oh, okay. But I will tell you this: that the ultimate Christmas present came out before Jumping Ship, uh, so this was the sort of first go at the iconic Jumping Ship theme. It was, I suppose, yeah. This, this laid the groundwork for some of the musical ideas. Yeah, the reggae from Jumping Ship stood on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> Which is this reggae version of... We, we need to hear a bit of this reggae version of Deck the Halls. We can't talk about it for this long without hearing it. Deck the hall with boughs of holly la 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 Tis the season to be jolly la 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 Done with our gay apparel la 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 all the ancient two-by-barrel la 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 all right, so now that you're in the mood for an island Christmas, let's uh, let's go on a tour of sunny Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, we see some skaters in Venice Beach. I had a, a, a minor pang for Brink when I saw this. Well, Remember sure. Brink? Oh, yeah. What a time that was. We can't, can't think about Brink like that. I have to close my mind to Brink and close other good Close your heart decons. to Brink. Yeah. We get yeah, scenes of suburban LA. It is ironically juxtaposed with the Christmas song and shown to be extremely sunny. And we're told that it's three days before Christmas. Yeah, we see some children in a baking LA yard throwing fake snow at a yes. fake snowman. Yes, uh, LA is hot, is the yeah. vibe. Um, we zoom in on an average suburban house and we cut to a TV screen being watched inside where uh, a poindexter called Edwin Hadley is doing yep. a weather report, uh, but he's making a terrible, terrible go of it. Yeah, he has the weirdest delivery. He says, good morning, Los Angeles, and makes the good so long that you'll think Disney Plus has glitched. It's like, <laughs> good morning, Los Angeles. Yeah, this actor is uh, Peter Scolari, yes. who um, was the other actor in the sitcom Bosom Buddies with um, Tom Hanks, where him and Tom Hanks had to pretend to be women to live in a women's only apartment. It okay. launched the career of Tom Hanks into the stratosphere. And okay. Peter Scolari is in The Ultimate Christmas Present. Had not heard of that. Won't be looking it up. So, mm. um, yeah, so uh, the, the weather report says that with only three days until Christmas, it's going to be really hot. But Edwin Hadley stutters and stammers through his report. He fills it with loads of boring facts about precipitation. And he uses yeah. the word troposphere. I'll another... tell you what will give you a good idea of this character, the way the character is and the way he looks, is yeah, that this actor took over the role of Wayne Selinsky uh, from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids for the TV series from Rick Moranis. Yeah, okay, that's that's actually bang on. That's exactly yeah. the look and the, and the vibe. Uh, so, uh, appropriately, the little girl who's watching TV, she, uh, she shuts it off and says, boring, and she wanders off through the house. Um, this is Ali, the protagonist, uh, mm. but the camera moves around the house a bit and we meet the rest of the family. Who have we got? We've got, we got mom. Yep, she's on the phone. Yeah. She's busy, busy, busy. She's uh, in... struggling to make toast because yep. she's busy with her catering business. In walks her brother, uh, Joey, played by Spencer Breslin from You Wish. Um, mm -hmm. He complains he can't find his Smash Crash float game. Yes, he says he swears he left it in his computer. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Mum has no time for that. Dad walks in. He's also on the phone. Yeah. Uh, doing some kind of business thing. It's charming all American chaos. It's that home alone kind of frantic Christmas energy where everyone's on the on different phones walking through rooms. Kids yeah. are sort of trying to get noticed, and parents are talking and colliding, and arms full of things. Yeah, like that. But you've only got four people. Four people. So you're trying. <laughs> yeah, you're so trying like- to recreate that. <laughs> frantic home alone energy and you're hoping if people move around quickly they'll yeah. seem like more than one person you'll dart out of the room and dart back in with a fake beard <laughs> yeah so that's that's going on mm. so the the daughter ali gets gets the phone the phone rings and it's her friend from across the street samantha decom royalty brenda song yeah and that's when ali drops the bombshell blake lynch called me and we're invited to his christmas party Okay, tell me everything. Okay, Blake's party's at four o'clock on Christmas, and I told him we'd be there a couple of hours early so we can help decorate. That way we can spend a couple hours with him before anyone else gets there. Oh, you're a genius. Thanks, I know. Samantha, do you realize that we're about to leave behind our lives to keep these semi-outsiders and evolve into cool, popular insiders? Blast. Samantha, what do you think of when you hear bonesforbowser.com? What do you think of bonesforbowser.com, Luke? <laughs> If I was Samantha and I was asked this question by my friend's dad, I would reply, well, sir, I think you're making Super Mario pornography and I want nothing to, <laughs> want nothing to do with it. That's like he's asking her her opinion on his extremely niche. What do you think of... I mean, I'm a big fan of... I'm a big fan of sexybowser.com, but bonesforbowser.com bonesforbowser.com updates more frequently. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they can go weeks on Sexy Bowser without a new JPEG. Yeah, but bonesforbowser.com, you're talking a new JPEG every two or three days. (laughs) And these JPEGs, let me tell you, Samantha... No, 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 no. Yeah, you go. You go talk to Ali. Yeah, no, no. We'll 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 finish this conversation. You can, Ali's later. Ali's not got anything planned for the rest of the day. You can talk to her later. Uh, well, Ali, I think Samantha should be able to make up her own mind about who she wants to talk to. <laughs> Samantha, do you want to talk to Ali, who you see every day at school, or do you want to talk to me, Ali's dad, about, about Super, Super Mario pornography? Mario pornography. <laughs> so, so it turns out. Uh, <laughs> Bones for Bowser is actually a web- <laughs> And let me tell you, it's no more savoury a business. <laughs> you can order dog bones on the internet. Which so- sounds like the sort of thing a canny serial killer would use <laughs> yeah. to dispose of corpses. So so Ali says, Dad, yeah, yeah, it turns out bonesforbowser.com is a, a dog bone e-business and ali says dad do you really think people will want to buy dog bones over the internet and dad responds they will when we learn we have over a hundred varieties to choose from which is as if the problem with buying bones over the internet (laughs) is that there aren't enough varieties also do dogs have a hundred different bones how many different kinds of wait no hang on a dog bone isn't a Bone from a dog, is it? No, I guess it would be different flavours. Or, I I mean, it could be different bones. Like, there are hundreds of different kinds of bones. (laughs) 
you could get a you could get a femur. You could get the tiny bones you get in the ear. You could get like a pick and mix oh, pack of those. Yeah, that's true. Like a, a dog could crunch through a great big bag of tiny ear bones. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, As, loving it. You know, some variety for the dog. But I would certainly worry that one of the varieties Dad is selling is human bones. Yeah, just a human skull. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, I thought you. <laughs> I ordered the miscellaneous bag of bones and this is this is that missing hitchhiker. <laughs> I'm going down to the store to pick up some dog bones. I was going to order them on uh, a, a website, but there aren't very many varieties. Mm. There's really... I mean, how many varieties do you need for your... Like, just... I, don't you they know, just you get a lot like, of varieties of dog dog chew toys. Do I, you? I Today in... A coffee shop where I was buying a coffee, I saw mince pie flavoured chew toys. So, okay, yeah, all right, fair enough. Maybe dad is. Oh, well, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, well, that one, mince pie flavour, two, mm-hmm. normal flavour, the flavour of bone and flesh, whatever a dog likes. Yeah, rawhide. We've got to get up to 100. What's okay. number three? Um, ch- uh, ch- ch- Chipotle. Impossible that a dog would like a Chipotle bone. Well, yeah, I mean, what do dogs. Dogs taste buds. How sophisticated. I mean, they drink out of the toilet. There's a reason that dogs like chewing on bones, and it's because it tastes like a bit like killing an animal, right? Yeah. That must be what they're getting out of it. I just think, like, if. I think it's a very clever idea. If you were Dexter, instead of, like, dumping them in. Yeah, Yeah. instead of dumping your bodies in the kind of Gulfstream. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just mail order them to dog owners. I, I don't know what they do to dog bones to make them look the way they do. But they're kind of, they look look sort of stained, like they've been sort of rolled in some kind of salt or like mm. some kind of mix or like they've been processed in some way. And I agree that, it, yeah, if you were Dexter, it would be an amazing way to generally disguise the human bones. And also, once a dog's had a go on it, then if anything, the dog looks guilty. Yeah, it's and like, the, dog gets, yeah. the dog gets sent away. Yeah, the dog goes to prison. Yeah, and you can't be tried. You can't be tried for a crime that your dog committed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a, a dog court. and his owner can't be charged for the same crime. No, that's. I'm pretty sure that's what double jeopardy that, is. That's why so many Americans marry their dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For exactly, exactly that loophole. For exactly that loophole, and yeah. then you're free to kill with impunity. So, so we're not saying that uh, Ali's dad is a serial killer who's mailing the bones of his victims to dog owners. Uh, I think the film asks you to make up your own mind about that. I th- there are, in my mind, only two possibilities. Super Mario pornography and serial killer bone dispersal. Yeah. Um, the other note I have on this whole sequence is that Blake's Christmas party is at four o'clock on Christmas Day. What the f***, Blake? Oh my gosh. Okay. That, yes, that's absolutely wild. So we get a little bit more Christmas Day wildness because... Mom starts describing the plans for Christmas Day itself, and she has scheduled it ruthlessly because that's her personality. Her personality yeah. is Microsoft Excel. Um, she says that they're going to do presents, then go to church, then do lunch. Um, but everyone says that they want to be done by 2 p.m. for a number of reasons, because that's when little Joey's basketball tournament starts. On Christmas Day! A basketball tournament on Christmas Day! Let me ask you this. Who's refereeing it? No one. No one. They're at home with their family. Yeah. I mean, unless you're going to find a particularly lonely referee Mm. and a particularly lonely bus driver to buzz (laughs) all the kids there. It's going to be... Imagine how depressing. (laughs) Luke, do you you remember when you and I were in Walt Disney World for Christmas? Yes. And we went to the Jelly Rolls piano bar. Yes. um, To watch the, uh, the... 
pianists doing Do the dueling remember? how could i forget the dueling piano thing yeah and the pianists they got out for christmas day evening were yeah. all the all the divorced pianists who weren't allowed to see their families there was and it was so, so depressing and and that's not us that's not us sort of making unkind inferences though that's the thing that they were talking about yeah that, <laughs> we, was... know, we know that's true because they told us about they told it, us at length the piano. about it and then occasionally playing like Felice Part of your world. Or something. Yeah. So that you've got the basketball referee equivalent of that. Um, yeah. The thing with Blake's party is so is at four o'clock on Christmas. Ali has plans to get there two hours earlier to help him decorate so they can spend two hours with him before anyone else arrives. <laughs> I feel like his house will be decorated for Christmas. On Christmas! <laughs> yeah, also, if you go out to Blake's house at 2pm, I'll tell you what he's going to be doing. Having Christmas dinner with his family. With his you're family. Not gonna, you're not going to be able to smooch on Blake. He's going to be like... He's going to be elbow stuck. deep in a turkey. He's going to be eating yams. <laughs> he's going to be up to his arse in yams. <laughs> I'm not sure what a yam is. <laughs> <laughs> but you can bet we, that Blake's going to town on one at Christmas. <laughs> so, yeah, um, this is all beside the fact that surely Blake's family don't want a bunch of kids showing up at 2pm on Christmas, Christmas Day. Day. Uh, we also learn... It's absolutely wild. We also learn that an aunt and uncle whose names escape... Oh, Uncle Don and Aunt Gwen, I did write it down. They're coming at 6pm on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. None of this is going to be important. Um... So nope. Ali leaves and she tells uh, she tells dad on the way out that she wants new carbon fiber rollerblades for Christmas. Joey yep. says he wants the new Renegade Starship video game. And dad asks the kids if they remember what Christmas is all really all about. And they they joke and yep. laugh that it's all about presents because these children are shallow. Yeah, the uh, they say presents, uh, kidding, and then they run off. Dad's question goes unanswered. And I'm not sure I know what his answer would have been. Um, I would think he would say the real meaning of Christmas is is <laughs> finding that bonesforbowser.com is available. Okay. It hasn't been snapped up by well, some other URL squatter. It's been snapped up now. Okay. Yep. Go check Folks, it out. Check it out. <laughs> bonesforbowser.com. Maybe you'll like what you see. <laughs> So we cut to we cut to school. <laughs> Ali is 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 writing Blake's name romantically in her book. Uh, she yes. gets scolded by her teacher. It turns out she has a creative writing project um, due five pages, single space. It's due tomorrow, and uh, Ali's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm all over it." And so the teacher asks her to describe what her creative writing project is about, and then Ali improvs. Yes, uh, she she freewheels a story about Shakespeare arriving in modern times and getting a job flipping burgers. Mm. And the note I have here is that I would give anything to watch that film instead of this film. In his breaks, he writes plays, and then he writes a play called A Tale of Two Pickles. <laughs> a Tale of Two Cities, uh, obviously not a Shakespeare play, <laughs> a Charles Dickens novel. Well, that's exactly why it's an available title. Get the jump on Dickens. No, you wouldn't get the jump on Dickens if you came to modern times. No. Yeah. <laughs> so Shakespeare writes a pickle-based adaptation of a Charles Dickens story. Yeah. Mercifully, the bell rings, cutting her short. Yeah. Um, man, it this whole bit feels a little bit like the writer of this decom had a good idea for a movie, but they weren't mm. allowed to do it. And we're told yeah. they had to write a stupid film about Santa's weather machine. Well, this counts as copyright if he puts it in this film. 
Yes, so if exactly. someone else yeah. if someone else seizes on his dynamite yeah. idea of Shakespeare writing a pickle based Charles Dickens adaptation, yeah, he can say a priori I wrote it in this. I've got it. I've got you. Yeah. Uh, so after class, Ali says that she needs a plan to avoid having to do her paper. Um, she's outside the school with Samantha, and Blake arrives and says her story was awesome. But don't get too attached. I think this is the last time we see Blake. I was going to say, um, yeah, up walks heartthrob Blake. He looks about <laughs> six years old. <laughs> he does look. He's the, he's, he's like he a does, little baby. He, he does look about five years younger he's than like, Ali and Samantha. Hello, Ali. I like your story. <laughs> hey, Ali, I like your story about Shakespeare. And she's like, ooh, Blake. Oh, oh my God, it's sexual oh hunk, Blake. Blake. Here he comes on his tricycle. <laughs> I won't cross door we Ali. Bye bye. <laughs> Be still, my beating heart. <laughs> Rides his tricycle over to his mum's car, where she puts him in his pajamas and takes him home. <laughs> they're both, they're both her and Sam are both at like a foot taller than him. Yeah, um, but it is somewhat explained by the fact that we're not going to see or hear from Blake again. Mm. So I guess they didn't think it was super important to try and you know cast him in a, a typical heartthrobby way i didn't realize until this point where she says there's 72 hours to blake's party that this is all taking place on the 22nd of december yeah and th- so there, it's the day before the end of term the 23rd of december is their last day of term which is oh, outrageous to my mind and yeah. also this film came out in 2000 i assume it's set in 2000 so i looked it up and uh in the yeah. year 2000 the 23rd of december was a saturday so no wonder everyone's done with school at this point <laughs> yeah come back tomorrow Saturday Christmas school (laughs) oh that's good detail so Ali and Hmm. Samantha they uh, have a lot to do so Ali suggests why don't we take our bikes home on a shortcut through the woods you know those woods in LA yeah you know the LA woods if (laughs) there are I'll tell you what if there are woods in LA don't ride your bike through them would be my advice right Right. can't imagine a more dangerous place (laughs) um so Woods, woods in Los Angeles, like metropolitan what? Los Angeles. No, I didn't. This didn't even occur to me. But the next shot is them like cycling through sort through of a redwood forests, lush forests. Yeah, <laughs> it's like explicitly stated they live in like suburban metropolitan Los Angeles, right? Yeah, yeah. The LA metro area. Maybe they took a shortcut via Yosemite. <laughs> that sounds like a lot longer cut, but. <laughs> If we lose <laughs> 700 miles north. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Samantha is reluctant to take the shortcut. She says, every time you say, trust me, I either end up in detention or on a missing persons list, which are two mm. things that are not equal. Um, so anyway, they get lost uh, in the woods and they come across a sprawling log cabin mm. in the wilderness. Curious, Ali sneaks up to it and she peers in through the window and she sees an old man in a dark coat hunched over a workbench, muttering mm. in a vaguely threatening and alarming way. Yeah. She wants to break in, uh, but she sees this man is in there. So she says to Sam, what will you give me if I ding-dong ditch? And Sam is like, nothing. I don't want you to do that. <laughs> yeah, and then she's no. like, okay, how about I sweeten the pot? If I do it, you do my English paper for me. <laughs> and Sam is like, I actively don't want you to do this. I don't want so any of this So to she's happen. like, deal. <laughs> Goes up to ring the doorbell. But the man throws an object through the door near her. Yeah. And both girls are scared. Yeah. A bronze object flies through, so they, they flee. Uh, what The man stomps out through the front door uh, and, and off around the corner of the house. And when he's gone, Ali creeps up and retrieves it. 
and yeah. looks at it. It's like a bronze faceted egg with a smiley face. <laughs> it looks a bit like um if like Geppetto made a coffee maker that became a real boy oh, or something. That's good. Okay. It's got it's like a coffee maker with a face on it. If Geppetto made a coffee maker that became a real boy, I've written down if Nikola Tesla made Furby. Mm. So like Okay, yeah. Cr- cross those things in your mind and you get this. It's got a yeah. face that says to me, "Hey boys and girls watching the Disney Channel, I'm going to come to life and be fun. I'm going to talk <laughs> and sing songs maybe. And I've got a kind of Olaf from Frozen vibe." Yeah, yeah, you know, like, hey, this is the point in the Disney movie where where they would pick up a you know a comic sidekick you know yeah. it's the dragon from Mulan or the yeah. or flounder or you know no it's just sort of inert and never no. speaks or dances or does anything it's got a face and googly eyes it's yeah. not going to do anything at all except endanger millions of lives yeah. so um, Ali takes it and they run off into the woods yeah she's like nice free thing yeah good a free object the old <laughs> presumably never having seen a bin before yeah. <laughs> she's like what is this treasure trove yeah so the old man comes back to find his contraption gone he takes off yeah. his flat cap in alarm and a musical sting plays jingle bells as he looks yeah. up into the camera mother of god it's Santa f***ing Christmas that's right we see his snowy white hair and his beard and his his belly, you better believe it shakes like a bowl full, bowl of, jelly. full of jelly. Here he is, folks. Santa Christmas. Yeah. So himself. Back at the back at the house. Santa H. Christ. <laughs> back at the house. Mum's in the background of the shop peeling vegetables. She's catering hard. She has yeah. a assistant taking her phone calls. Um, when are we going to get our Christmas tree? asks Joey fairly as it's the twenty second of December. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they don't have a Christmas tree. Mom says, oh, well, I thought we'd wait for dad. Turns out that dad has gone to to San Francisco. San Francisco to procure more bones <laughs> for Bowser. <laughs> for Bowser. <laughs> so he's gone to San Francisco where the, the beating heart <laughs> of the bones for Bowser community. The seedy underbelly <laughs> yeah. of the Bay Area. He's gone to procure Bowser's bones. Yeah. Um... Yeah, he's there to kind of tie up the deal. So mom's like, well, I thought we could get the tree when dad comes back, even though that's going mm. to be later than now. And now is the 20... yeah. 23rd? The 22nd of 22nd December. 22nd of December. Joey it's says, way too late to get yeah. the tree. Joey says, all the good ones will be gone by then, correctly. All the good ones will be gone by now. It's the, the 22nd the, of December. The Christmas tree shop is shut, Joey. <laughs> I can't believe how close this is happening to Christmas. It's it's wild to me that anyone is still doing anything at this point. I, I embrace Christmas enthusiastically every year, and I, I accept that I put my tree up earlier than most, but mine mm. went up in November this year. It's been up yeah, for same. like two weeks, yeah. I mean... Same. Even so, the 22nd of December, why bother? Why, why bother? It's coming like, down it's again gonna, in a minute. It takes so long to do, and then you're going to have to take it straight down. Yeah, you're going to have to kick it straight so, over. I'm so mad about this. <laughs> Such a so mad about this. I can't I can't fathom the way these people live. I know, it's awful. The way I'm going to... What are you doing on Christmas Day? I'll, I thought I'd go to a basketball tournament, then maybe to the movies, then I'd go do some shopping. Well, look, I mean, the first thing we'll do is head down to the Christmas tree store. So get a Christmas, <laughs> pick get up a Christmas tree. tree, then we'll take it home. Yeah. Then I thought we'd well, drive you've got to, to go the, down there yeah. early because the good ones are all gone by midday on Christmas Day, aren't yeah. they? Because of the rush that everyone... Then we're probably going to head down to the mall, buy presents for each other. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, might hit the hit the bowling alley, maybe the rifle range. Um, yeah. I might, I'll probably pop into work, do a couple of hours of admin. Yeah, of course. I mean, we've got to be done by 2pm because that's obviously when the traditional Christmas Day basketball tournament 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kicks and then we'll off. be going round to um, round to Blake's house for his big his big Christmas bash. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. see all of Blake's family. They'll be happy to have everyone in the neighbourhood round on Christmas there. Day. Yeah, yep. that's a tradition. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, yeah. yeah, hit up a couple of nightclubs um, in the evening. It's so disrespectful to Christmas Day, the Christmas Day that they are so casually embracing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm not okay. Christmas Day is generally, when you think about it, quite rubbish. You get it's very good and exciting for the first part when everyone yeah. opens presents. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. meal, the meal is great. Yeah. And then by two p.m., that's it. Now, yeah, you've just you have to endure the rest of Christmas Day. You're not allowed to do things. No. You're not allowed to go out and have fun. You have to stay in your house. At most, you can do a walk. Yes, if it ends, that's, that's the most exciting thing. If it ends in a quiet pub that may you can be do, open. yeah, and then whenever it, it comes on, I don't know, someone in your family will put on the Strictly Come Dancing Christmas special, and yeah. you're not allowed to leave the room, and you have to watch it, and you have to comment on how the dancing is. You have to engage on it, but it's going to be fine because you're so full, you're so painfully full that yeah. even all you can do is just sort of lie there and burp and fart and sleep, <laughs> and then someone will suggest playing a game. And they'll pull out a, a version of Trivial Pursuit from 1984. Yeah. They will heave themselves off the sofa. You'll have to answer <laughs> questions about West Germany. And, <laughs> and then you get to go to bed at 7pm to enjoy yeah. a fitful night's sleep as your body wrestles with what you've put in it. <laughs> so, think- so no, I don't think you should be allowed to go to basketball tournaments and parties. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, recapping that has made me really excited for Christmas. <laughs> Look, we all have to do it. Yeah. It doesn't work if other people are doing fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, if, if, we you're all have own, to... if you're the only family sort of joylessly watching. <laughs> joylessly going through the Christmas motions. Yeah, yeah, just sat there, st- the only viewer of the Doctor Who Christmas special or whatever. If all the shops were like, wait a minute, we could be open. Yeah. <laughs> selling, selling our goods. <laughs> Making money. This could be a trading day. We don't have to sit inside and watch the snowman. <laughs> <laughs> we could have a day without Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So, uh, Ali returns to the house. She theorises that this item could be worth a million dollars on the Antiques Roadshow. Um, it <laughs> yeah. has eyes, a nose and ears. Uh, <laughs> Ali presses a button on it and instead of coming to life and going, oh, let's go on a magical adventure, um, it starts... you've got to get me back to Santa Claus. Oh, and it's not going to be a Christmas unless we can reunite me with the big guy. <laughs> no, uh, instead he starts spinning and <laughs> spitting steam into the air. <laughs> he releases a cloud of gas. <laughs> cloud of gas into her face. I wonder what it does. What did you do? I just touched that button. Well, try another one. Maybe you'll turn it off. Wow. Awesome. Oh, this is so cool. Hey, I think you figured out how it worked. Yeah. Now help me stop it. Ah! Don't let the place. I tried not to. <laughs> so, so it's turned out that the, that the cabin was, in fact, a Soviet weapons research centre. <laughs> A chemical weapons lab and <laughs> America's enemies have perfected the most devastating weapon of all. Uh, well, not far off because, I mean, as you will have surmised, this is a weather machine and it mm. belonged to Santa. 
Yeah. I so think now is the point to raise the thing that I hate most about this film. Okay. And that is that this movie never really makes much effort to explain the fact that it's all about Santa's weather machine. In fact, mm. it presents Santa's weather machine as if a weather machine is something that we've all accepted Santa to have. Yes. Like, think of... What did we okay, what did we do last year? It was Deck the Halls, wasn't it? Where it's like, what if some ordinary kids got control of the thing that lets Santa stop time? Twas Twas the Night. Oh, yeah, yeah sorry, um, it was Twas the Night, yeah. But it's like, yeah, oh, um, in that they steal Santa's sleigh. And you're like, yeah. yes, well, I understand that. Well, Santa's sleigh. Imagine if some ordinary kids got hold of Santa's sleigh. Imagine if some ordinary kids got hold of a reindeer. Imagine if some ordinary kids got hold of Santa's iconic outfit. Imagine if they got hold of the thing he uses to freeze time so he can go magically down chimneys. Imagine if they got hold of his weather machine. You know, the one from the songs <laughs> and the books and the stories. Santa's weather machine. He's turning on his weather machine. He's setting it to rain. It's not a thing. An hour into this film, there is going to be a throwaway line of dialogue where Santa explains why the f*** he's built a weather machine, and it is not satisfactory. It isn't, no. Um, And yeah, there's not... So Santa has... The reason they give for this later on is that Santa wanted everyone to have a light dusting of seasonal snow as the ultimate Christmas present, which doesn't explain why he's programmed it with all this other kind of weather. Let me tell you. Okay, so Ali and Samantha, then we sort of get a a comic series of vignettes as they poke all the different buttons on this weather machine. And we find out that the weather machine, as well as doing rain, which is what it did first, it Mm -hmm. can also do lightning strikes and earthquakes. They press a button and it does an earthquake. Yes. Why, Santa, why does your weather machine do earthquakes, which aren't weather and have no... Earthquake isn't weather. And doesn't have any good application. No weatherman ever stood in front of a green screen and said, earthquake's sweeping in. (laughs) Better better pack a hard hat today, folks, (laughs) because... Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't forget to hard hat. It's a real quaker out there. <laughs> it's a real quaker out there <laughs> today, folks. Earthquakes will be paralysing the city. Yeah. Uh, it's the big one. The San Andreas Fault. It's going off again. The only reason Santa would build a weather machine with an earthquake function is to hold world governments to ransom. Yes. I think it's a, it's a little fail safe for Santa. It's like yes. things are good now. Yeah. But who knows what might happen in the future? Yeah. Maybe Santa Claus needs to let people know who's in charge. Santa has excellent relations with the current US administration. Mm -hmm. And they have an understanding. He delivers them presents. They leave the North Pole alone. And they don't look too closely into how elves are made. But if things should ever change, maybe, you know. Let's just say we want a deterrent. Exactly. Yeah. You want an option. Yeah. Also... You know, you'd have you have no assurances that the US isn't going to invade the North Pole. No, you don't. Maybe they discover oil reserves. Yeah. Well, here's an assurance. I've just earthquaked all of Florida into the sea. Yeah. <laughs> here's an assurance. Seattle just slid off into <laughs> the Pacific. How about so, this? Chicago got struck by so much lightning, there's nothing left. <laughs> so yeah, I think kind of future supervillainy is the is the goal here. Yeah, I mean Santa's been doing the whole giving gifts thing for a long time. And actually, Mm. to be fair, the Santa Claus in this movie is not very holly jolly. He's mostly just 
angry and shouting at children all through this film. So (laughs) he does seem like the kind of Santa who's so burned out on the whole Christmas deal that he might be turning to supervillainy. Well, Sam thinks that they should return this, probably because of the supervillainy prospects. Um, Ali, however, wants to use it to close down the school um, by creating a snowstorm. They'll have to close the school. She won't have to do her assignment anymore. Yes. Um, Sam isn't keen on this, but she tries to, Ali tries to wheedle her around to the idea by saying, we'll be doing an incredible service for the community. Sam, how would you like to start Christmas vacation a day early? How? With a snow day. A what? A snow day. You know, my cousin Sam lives in Boston, and he said every once in a while they get so much snow that they have to close down the schools because they can't clear the roads fast enough. We do it with this. We'll just put it outside, crank up the volume, and make it snow real hard. Are you nuts? Do you know how much trouble we could get in? Sam, how happy would everybody be if we actually had a white Christmas in L.A.? for like the first time ever. We'd be doing this incredible service for our community. Well... And guess what else? If tomorrow's a snow day, then we have two extra weeks to do that dumb creative writing assignment. And even more important, we have a whole extra day to plan what we're gonna wear for Blake's party. So they they, they do actually activate the machine and it starts uh, to snow which is lovely. Um, The snow is so obviously that fake soap stuff. Mm. And it's going to be in almost every scene of the film from this point on. And it looks visually horrible. When I see it, I can't help but imagine it going in my eyes and mouth. Yeah, you know, they use um, instant mashed potato a lot of the time for this stuff. Do they really? Yeah, like flakes of of instant mashed potato. I know, it's the worst, isn't it? Oh, that's foul. So Ali uh, sets the weather machine going, leaves it running in her window box outside her window. Although it doesn't seem to be working so far. Yeah. Um, Then in one of the most whiplash inducing hard cuts I've ever seen, we cut to the North Pole and an on-screen title says the North Pole, same time. Same time. You don't need to say same time. I assume mm. it is the same time unless stated otherwise. Yeah, when, <laughs> you don't need um, to put that in every cut. Same time. Well, think, same time. The thing time. is, when you're writing a when you're writing a screenplay, um, yeah. you generally have to sort of indicate if you're cutting to a different scene, right? You'll generally indicate what time of day it is. So you'll be like North Pole oh, yeah, morning, yeah. North, North Pole North afternoon, Pole, night, whatever. Yeah. One of the things you can you can put in there as direction to just to let you know, the production know that this is supposed to be happening simultaneously. You can say at the same time, you mm-hmm. would not put that on screen. This right. feels like a production error. Where they just... <laughs> it's like a copy paste mistake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But okay. no, it is happening at the same time. So we get our look at this movie's version of the North Pole. It is a mm. snowy street, uh, a snowy main street. Elves race up and down it on golf carts. All of the mm-hmm. snow is awful soap. Um, yeah. Mrs. Claus is checking if Santa has called in from the summer cabin yet. Uh, the answer is a regretful no. No. Uh, so Send in the elves then, she says. And in walk two absolutely massive dudes. Yeah, sarcastically tall elves come in. Yeah. They are Sparky, played by Bill Fagerbucky, who you will remember as playing mm-hmm. the mummy in Under Wraps. Harold. And yeah. Harold, and is also the voice of Patrick in SpongeBob. Yeah. Uh, and Crumpet, played by John Sally. Uh, they're preparing a pitch for Santa's 21st century toy factory and warehouse. Mm. They want to rebrand the North Pole, uh, automate it so that nothing is touched by elfin hands and elves will retrain as call centre workers. They seem enthused about this idea for some reason. I don't understand it. Also, the 
mock-ups that they've made to illustrate this are like sort of Soviet, Soviet propaganda. propaganda. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Like forward to glory, yeah. march the old with that kind of very font. Is, that it, yeah, yeah, it's is bizarre. A man not entitled to the sweat of his brow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's an elf entitled <laughs> to a traditional wooden toy. <laughs> so they asked Mrs. Claus what she thinks of this idea to turn the treasured North Pole into a telemarketing hellscape, and she mm. says that it's the worst idea she's ever heard. Yeah. Um, then she answers a phone call from Santa, who says, "Mama, the weather machine is missing." Uh, we see Santa in his cabin. He looks yeah, dishevelled and panicky. But Absolutely I'm, losing it. But I'm pretty hung up on how he calls Mrs. Claus mama, even though I don't think they have kids. Mm. Um, yes. And she calls him papa. I think that's odd Yeah, to call your significant other mama or papa. It's if, a bit weird, yeah. There are no um, canonical Claus children. Mrs. Claus says that um, she'll send some elves to help. Fiona and Twinkle will be there before you can name the reindeer. Yeah. She says... Um, but Santa's like, oh, we can't spare my best elves now. And then um, Mrs. Claus mollifies him by saying, give me a kiss. And then they start sort of making out over the phone. And then the elves try to join in. And it's <laughs> just un- unpleasant in a bunch of different directions at once. Yeah, you can't wait for this scene to end. Um, <laughs> so Sparky... <laughs> Santa and Mrs. Claus have phone sex. <laughs> yeah, calling each other mama and papa. No. They smooch noisily down the phone. Sparky Why? and Crumpet beg to be involved. I think in the plan to find the weather machine. <laughs> rather than the bedroom. Rather, yeah, rather than with the smooching. Yeah. Okay, says Mrs. Claus. Um, I thought there'd be more pushback on sending these two idiots, but, but she's like, fine. Uh, she relents. She says, take Prancer and Vixen. Uh, then Sparky confesses that he can't do that because he's afraid of reindeer because one bit him and somehow this descends into a physical fight between Sparky <laughs> yeah. and Crumpet. The subtitles say, I'll bite you. I'll bite you. <laughs> so, so, so it's immediately descended into ugly violence between these two seven-foot giants. <laughs> Eventually... They make it to a, a a sort of shed that they open up dramatically and show Mrs. Claus their new invention. They call it the North Pole SUV or Santa Utility Vehicle. Mm, um, the world's first rocket-powered toy delivery system. The film then sort of cuts away from the scene, embarrassed, to another scene. Yeah. It's a, it, there's like no resolution to this scene. They're like, no. here's our car. And then Mrs. Claus looks at it in silence. They look at it in silence for an uncomfortably long amount of time. And then it cuts up. The film sort of goes, uh, all right. And then cuts to Joey on his computer. I think maybe it's supposed, maybe it was supposed to look worse. Because the problem is that this, the North Pole SUV actually looks really cool. It's uh, it's like a sort of modified sports car. I ran yeah. this past our colleague, Mike Channel, who identified it as a Triumph TR7, if you're interested in cars. There you uh, go. So that's what it is. Um, back home. Dad phones from San Francisco. Uh, yeah, he's a little to bollock. Yeah, to 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 administer a, a harsh bollocking. He's mad at Ali because he heard about her bedroom getting destroyed <laughs> by weather. <laughs> yeah, um, you're too old to be acting up. He says you're too old to be activating weather machines. Yes, in your bedroom. To be controlling the weather inside the house. Yeah, but to be clear, uh, only Ali and Samantha know about the weather machine. It's a big secret yeah. from everyone else. And then Mum goes to the window and sees. <gasps> It's snowing. Oh my, what in the... Everyone rushes outside to caper and cavort in the snow. They run outside to get soap in their hair. It's being blown at them. Sam and her mum run over from the opposite side of the street. Um, Ali's mum said, did you ever think you'd see a white Christmas in LA? 
And then Sam's mum says, no, maybe a brown one due to a mudslide. All right, jeez. Wow. <laughs> yeah, when it bring the conversation down. I know. You know, you know, hundreds of people die in mudslides every year. Oh, yeah. There's been, stud- there's been studies. It's still a pretty unique weather event, though, this snow. Quite, yeah, quite but, fun. But have you ever thought about no, no. being trapped in a mudslide? You, 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 you go ahead. You celebrate. I personally find it hard to enjoy. I find it hard to enjoy when I know people are dying in mudslides every when year. I know mudslides continue to. Yeah, uh, the problem, the problem isn't the problem. You don't die in the initial slide. That's the problem. You're trapped. You're trapped under there for days, maybe even weeks. I slowly sit down and start cautiously making a snow angel. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, try try not to think about it. It's probably probably best. Doesn't bear thinking about. Yeah, I put my I put my sled back in the garage. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's probably for the best. Anyway, enjoy the snow. I'll be inside. So, so that's Sam's mum. Yeah, so the whole street is out rejoicing. They're caroling uh, and just just getting a whole a whole load of weird chemical soap blown in their eyelashes. Yeah. Cut to Sparky and Crumpet. They're flying through the sky in the North Pole SUV. That's right. Sparky has to pee. <laughs> So he just there's goes some, over the side. No, there's some kind of weak comedy about that. Um, and then Sparky looks at the dash and he says, hey, why are we heading east? Crumpet says, that's not a compass. It's a fuel gauge. Whoa. And it's pointing to E because you forgot to put gas in the gas tank. And now we're plummeting to Earth. But there are umbrellas on the car. Anyway, that was that scene. <laughs> Cut to the TV station. With Peter Scolari. Edwin Hutt Hadley begins his weather report by falling over from a standing position, which is <laughs> a bad start to his weather report. He's handed an emergency report on a piece of paper that says that there is unbelievably snow in LA. He says, that's impossible, this is wrong, and he throws the paper away furiously. Mm. Um, this happens several more times. Uh, he continues to just sort of deny it and get angrier and angrier, and then a snowball is thrown at him from off camera and he collapses. Yeah, it gets so deep into his ear. Yeah, um, he staggers to his feet and says, uh, and admits through gritted teeth that there is snow. Yeah. We see Santa. Santa sees this on TV. Yeah, watching this report. Oh my, he says. Yeah. Later, we see Edwin Hadley, popular character, meteorologist Edwin Hadley, um, back at the TV station, dropping snow into a series of beakers. Yeah. He has a Bunsen burner going at his desk, which seems unsafe. Um, he's he's sort of like running experiments on the snow. Um, yeah. And he's told that he has to go in and see the boss. That's um, right. His boss screams at him that he's boring and worse. I'd rather watch paint dry than to watch you. And then to top it all off. Hello? There's a snowstorm outside in Los Angeles, and you didn't even see it coming. Well, no one did, sir. It was quite unexpected. Oh, did the weather fairy just wave her magic wand and poof, it snowed? Yes, sir. Well, I I mean, no, sir, but the pattern of this storm was unlike any other in history. Instead of moving across its target, it seems to have just appeared and spread out in all directions. So, in measuring the amount of snowfall, I'm going to be able to determine from where it's been the longest, thus, where it began. Okay, okay, okay. Imagine I'm the audience. And hey, guess what? I'm asleep! Well, Mr. Martino, as to the Oh, sleep. come on, Hadley. Let's face it. You are a joke. An embarrassment. The worst weatherman in the world. So the boss gives him one more chance. He says, this is a huge story, this snow being in Los Angeles, and you are a weatherman. Go out there and dig up some real news on this storm. Like, are the Backstreet Boys going to cancel their concert in the park? How's Brad Pitt going to get to the set of his new movie? 
you know, and then get some hard luck stories about cars not starting and people slipping on ice. It will boost our ratings. To be fair, would watch. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds interesting. It does. Yeah. Human interest. Uh, So back at home, Ali is watching the TV news and she's watching Edwin Hadley's latest report. It's another bad one. Yep, he's not followed the advice at all. No, he hasn't. So probably he should have been fired. Maybe these yep. scenes were supposed to go in in a different order. <laughs> but in any case, uh, the list of schools that are closed is read out and Ali gets the longed for confirmation that her school is indeed shut because of yeah. snow. Smash cut to Ali running outside into the snow. Her and Samantha embrace yeah, we get a little montage of all the LA kids enjoying snow for the first time ever. They're snowboarding on their pool floaties. Yep. Um, people's convertibles are full of snow. Soap is matting their hair and clogging their eyebrows. Yep. Powdered potato is going into their airways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll never come out. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Every time you cough for the next year, is a little cloud of potato. The thing is, like, we've already had the only bit of this film that isn't set in the snow. At what point would it have been easier to head on up to Canada and film this there? Yeah. Like, yeah, it, exactly. It would be You're like, like, go somewhere snowy and find a way to make it not snowy for the, yeah, put for a, the two put a fake scenes. palm tree in there. Yeah, for the two scenes that you need where, like, there isn't snow everywhere. Because there it's really distracting nowhere. how gross the snow looks. And they're all, it's, <laughs> oh, like, oh my God. And, like, people will come indoors and, like, for the whole scene, they've just got this kind of, like, white gunk kind of, like, Matting. It's not melting, yeah, yeah it because it melt. isn't snow. It just sort of like beds in, just sort of knits yeah. into your hair. It's, oh, it just it's becomes foul. a solid sheet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gross. You can see it's setting. Mm. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we get this nice winter montage. Um, I've written down, I hope nobody breathed any of this stuff in. Um, yeah. Cut to Santa's Lodge. Sparky and Crumpet drag the Santa utility vehicle up to Santa and then they pitch the concept of it to him. Yeah, they describe it as being good for the Christmas industry. Santa whips around and snarls at them that Christmas isn't an industry, it's a holiday. This Santa is going to do mostly snarling. <laughs> mostly going to whip around and snarl at people. <laughs> he's so cross. So he's cross and he's growling as they help him look. Sparky and I have a few new gift ideas we want to run by you. Like we got Trump your- hit! Okay, okay, okay. Uh, where would I be if I was a weather machine? Did you check the cabin? Yes. Did you retrace your steps? Yes. Did you check your pockets? Uh, I've been through this before. I've checked every square inch of... What's this? I know this one. Uh, It's a trash can lid. Underneath. A shoe print. This is terrible. It's my worst fear come true. The weather machine has been stolen. At this point, this would be a perfect point for Santa to explain why he built a weather machine. Yeah, and yet he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. Also, all the elves already know. It's like, oh, Mrs. Claus, my weather machine's been stolen. And she's like, say no more. Sparky, Crumpet, the weather machine's gone missing. And they're like, of course. So clearly the whole North Pole has been clued in as to the plan to, I don't know, expand Santa's empire through yeah. waging earthquake war on Greenland or something. Um, anyway, back home. The snowstorm has has spread to San Francisco. Mm. It's got up the entire western <laughs> seaboard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so dad calls mum to say that his flight is delayed. Uh, I've written down, good one, Ali. Nobody in America gets home this Christmas. Well, I mean, okay, okay. Is this the time to yeah. talk about... Now's the time. Like, now's now's the, the time, because this is the point where the movie starts to sort of seed this 
the obvious consequences of yeah, allegations. Okay. So, yeah, right. It's, you know, it's all very, it's fun to say, oh, look, we've got 14 inches of snow. How fun that is. The the death toll yep. is going to be significant. Yeah. Right. For a start, you know, elderly people yep. die in cold weather anyway. Los Angeles has a large unhoused population. Yes. And, of course, you're talking about a place where the infrastructure for, for this kind of devastating cold snap is not in place because they're not expecting it at all. Right. So all of the like electrical grid will not be winterized because they will not be expecting any of this. There's going to, I mean, there are rolling blackouts in this film. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking life support systems going off. So that's California. Let's talk about the effects on the wider United States of America when California's Mm -hmm. agriculture is decimated. Yeah. I mean, entire um, crops are just going to be destroyed. Yeah. We're going to lose like staple crops. Yep. If you're wondering why you can't get a bottle of California Zinfandel from 2001, it's because that's the year Ali decimated the vineyards and they mm-hmm. and like all the harvests failed. Yeah. I mean, you might remember the um, the North American cold wave in 2021. Um, yeah. No, yes, I did. Hit, yes. Yeah, it hit Texas like particularly badly. You remember like um, a lot of Texas was without power. Yes, which, which is, I, I hope I'm not showing my ignorance here, but Texas is not a state that you typically associate with terrible cold. Right, exactly. Um, they had, yeah, they had rolling blackouts, um, like a number of deaths. So yeah, what Ali has done here is killed. I mean, she if you <laughs> put her as directly responsible for these deaths, I would yeah. say she is one of the most prolific killers in American history. Uh, yeah, I think that is fair. It's the kind of thing where like, if there was any justice, it would there would be a big public inquest with transparency. Mm-hmm. Santa would be in the Hague, <laughs> being asked why. Why yeah. he so, bet- Santa reaches into his pocket and fingers the earthquake button on his weather machine. <laughs> Just you try it. He the says. entire Hague sinks instantly. No jail can hold me. The walls crack open and Santa springs through the gap. <laughs> You'll never catch me. You think that was the only earthquake machine? <laughs> I've got them hidden everywhere. I've miniaturized it in a special belt. They're in every capital city. There's a large weather. There's a large one of these smiley weather machine faces orbiting <laughs> in geostationary <laughs> orbit right now. <laughs> Send down space lightning. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is the first hint we get that obviously by making it snow. Everywhere in California, um, Ali's Ali's actions basically are going to uh, get away from her. And and the first clue is Dad's flight being delayed. Yes, because of course, there's all this snow. Okay, we cut to Santa analyzing Ali's shoe print, which he saw on underneath the trash can that he threw the thing away in. So they're trying to. Oh, this is choice. They're trying to track down Ali now. Yeah. Um, Sparky and Crumpet have put together a shoe print analyzing software program, despite being idiots, yeah. that tells them what Santa already knows. Yeah. It's an Adidas flight running shoe size seven because yeah. he delivered forty thousand of them last year. Um, <laughs> Santa says there are one thousand nine hundred thirty-seven girls in LA with size seven feet, which is extremely. <laughs> Specialized knowledge, let me tell you. Santa tells Santa says this all together too confidently. <laughs> if I were Santa in this situation, I think I would put my eyes up and act as if I was doing maths, as if I was trying to remember something. Trying to re- but let me tell you, for Santa, this figure is with which this sat this figure is, this figure is front of mind. That there are 
1,937 girls in Los Angeles with size 7 feet. Um, also, sidebar, no, there aren't. There are 4 million people in LA. That figure is way too low. 1,937? Size 7 is a very, very common foot size. <laughs> Well, maybe maybe he gets his info from Foots for Bowser. <laughs> Bones for Bowser's feet. <laughs> um, Santa says that uh, he's going to narrow down the list further by dispensing with the nice list and just checking the naughty list. Sparky and Crumpet have also developed Naughty D, a nice software program, and then Santa <laughs> spins around and yells at them. <laughs> There's no time. <laughs> he barks viciously. <laughs> And it produces an illuminated manuscript. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Santa is whittling it down to just the naughty kids with size seven feet. Uh, we get a slow motion shot then of Santa and the elves walking down a small hill in sunglasses. Mm. I don't know why. <laughs> like the rest of our dogs yeah. shot. And then what follows oh, is God. one of the most incredible things that's ever happened <laughs> in television. Let me, t I'll just tell you what's happened and then we can dig into what exactly it means. When this movie aired originally on the Disney Channel, the scene that's about to happen, which is a montage of Sparky and Crumpet and Santa putting on spy sunglasses and trying to find the mystery girl with the feet yeah. that match and thereby the weather machine, it was all soundtracked to the song Secret Agent Man by Johnny Rivers. Perhaps you are aware of it. It's a song from, I think, the 60s that's pretty yeah, famous. It's in Austin Powers, you know. Yeah, and Ace Ventura, I think. Anyway, mm. um, when this movie was put on Disney+, Plus, they couldn't get the rights to Secret Agent Man by Johnny Rivers. Fine. So it was removed and it was replaced by generic Christmas instrumental music. Yeah. But what they did not do was remove the subtitles that give you the lyrics to Secret Agent Man by Johnny Rivers. So, so over this montage of three men ambushing young women with size seven feet, the following words appear on the screen and entirely context-free. And ambushes is, is right. Like yeah. they are popping out of trash cans, surprising yeah. these women on their own and in the woods. Santa's not dressed like Santa and the elves aren't dressed like elves. They're just... <laughs> and they're also seven feet tall. <laughs> and, and as this happens, these words appear on screen and you don't know why it's happening. Beware of pretty faces that you find. A pretty face can hide an evil mind. Careful. Ah, be careful what you say. Or you'll give yourself away. Odds are he won't live to see tomorrow. <laughs> and again, these words are appearing over like... Yeah. But it's so sinister, like... Um, they're like interrupting these, these naughty girls. One of them is baseball batting the heads off snowmen. And then Sparky stands up terrifyingly from behind the decapitated snowman to interrogate her. A couple walks through the snow, a naughty girl drops some snow on them and then is confronted by the looming figure of Crumpet. One girl is like licking candies in her house and then Santa teleports in behind her like Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> he explodes into view with a smoke <laughs> bomb behind her. 
Hello, Mary Jo. He says in exactly that tone of yeah. voice. Hello, Mary Jo. Uh, then he vanishes again before her mom sees. So she looks insane. <laughs> so Mary Jo. Who will believe you, <laughs> Mary Jo? Who will believe jo? you, Mary Jo? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I can imagine this scene just about working if mm. it has the music Secret Agent Man by Johnny Rivers. <laughs> but not only does it not have that, it doesn't have that and has some of the lyrics from Secret Agent Man by Johnny Rivers, but crucially, not the lyrics Secret, Secret Agent, Agent Man, Man. Secret Agent no. Man, which would give you, the viewer, a clue as to what had happened. You can no, only put just, this together by Googling the creepy lyrics on screen. Just the lyrics, odds are he won't live to see tomorrow. Yeah, that line appears right over little Mary Jo as Santa smoke bombs in behind her. <laughs> so sinister. It is the most inadvertently haunting thing you can imagine. And it is such treasure. And mm. it's just one of the things that I love about DCOM so much that not only when they were made was there a lack of attention to detail and a lack of oversight, but they've made it onto the Disney Channel in this sort of like yeah. <laughs> bulk upload form that just uh-huh. lets this weird stuff slip Preserved for all posterity in this form. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Uh, so all, all these naughty girls deny knowledge of what's been going on. Mm. So that was, that was fruitless. Um, Back at Ali's house, Sam and Ali are checking outfits for Blake's party. Ali is like, how about this outfit? My new red top and my new black skirt. Um, Sam points out that both items actually belong to her and were loaned to Ali. And Ali is like, well, maybe I'll just keep them and they'll be my Christmas present. <laughs> Samantha's Ali, like, oh, Ali. Ali sucks. Oh, Ali, you're yeah. so great. Yeah, Brenda Song's role in this movie is mostly to stand around like simpering at the at the things that Ali says, which are self-centered and mean yeah right and she's like oh you oh, and you. then she says oh i gave you my your lion king uh videotape back and she was like yeah six years after i lent it to you and then uh ali went but you got it back didn't you and sam goes oh ali oh ali never oh, change ali. oh you girl so samantha's mom sucks uh comes over to pick her up her hair is covered in wet sticky potato and soap <laughs> uh and dad phones with brutal news uh, there have been more troubles with with flights. Yeah, he's still at SFO. The roads are a mess. Uh, all the flights are cancelled. Yep. Joey is distraught. Ali is like, "It'll be okay. I just know." And then she they run upstairs to the weather machine and turn it off. Yes, uh, they turn off the machine. It's still snowing though, but they yep. reason that maybe it just takes a little while to sort of for the changes to filter through. So that stuff I was saying about Sam, yes, reaches its apex here. Sure, where Ali is like. Man, imagine if my dad weren't here for Christmas. Imagine how much we'd miss him. It would sure suck to live like that. And Sam is like, yeah, I mean, as you know, Ali, my own father is dead. So I I get it. I get it. And then <laughs> so, and then she says, "It's don't feel bad, Ali. My dad died when I was three. So how can you even miss someone you don't remember, right? Yeah, it's... Well, okay. Let's, well... To make Ali feel better. To make Ali feel better about this horrible faux pas that she's made. Look, uh, my dad died when I was only three, and I barely remember him. So how can you miss someone you don't even remember, right? But still, I shouldn't. It's just weird around Christmas. Mom says this was his favorite time of the year. He'd start playing Christmas music the day after Thanksgiving. She says he would have kept our Christmas decorations up all year if she would have let him. So... 
pretty sad stuff. Brenda Song acting her socks off here. Brenda Song is here rolling down her cheek, sensing an opportunity to wrench the conversation back to her. <laughs> Ali starts talking about her parents and some f***ing charm bracelet or something. It's... And Brenda Song is openly weeping. Yeah. And then she's just like, she starts sort of like smiling and going, oh, the ch- your parents and their charm bracelet. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, so Ali responds to this outpouring. I can't, I can't believe this reaction. She does. So this is, this is like, this is psychopathic Ali, the way she reacts Ali to this. Ali watches Samantha sort of like, yeah, weeping and crying and is sort of nodding. About like, her dead mm-hmm, father. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. 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 yeah, when, yeah. Just waiting for her turn to speak. Yeah, I, I know what that's like as well, because yeah, my dad buys my mom a new charm for her charm bracelet every year, which my mom just loves. And my dad yeah. is just so alive when it happens. And <laughs> it's like, this story is nothing. It's a story about it how it's so sweet that her goofy dad buys a charm bracelet for her mom. And it's like, yes, Ali, that sounds yeah. nice. Yeah, That's we nice weren't family. talking about that. Yeah. I, we were talking about how my dad died and it's really hard for me around Christmas time. Yeah. This um this scene when when Brenda Song is is pouring her heart out, it reminds me of that absolutely wild monologue in the movie Gremlins where the um like the movie just pauses for a bit while she tells an unbelievably weird story about how her dad was coming down the Christmas tree to surprise them dressed as Santa oh, and got stuck yeah. and got stuck. Got stuck, got stuck, and stuck in the chimney and died in there and they didn't notice until he started to smell. <laughs> Which is when I was a kid, that freaked me out so yeah, bad. Yeah. And in retrospect, I haven't thought about it in years. What the f- was that doing in the movie <laughs> Gremlins? Gremlins? Why did they stop the movie Gremlins for two minutes to do a weird slow zoom on a story <laughs> to about... Do a ta- to do a Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, right. Absolutely oh bizarre. God. Anyway, so they realise, oh, look, outside, the snow, it's stopped. Hooray. It seems like everything's going to be okay. Yeah, this scene is is portrayed like these two friends have had a heart to heart. Yep. And now the air is cleared between They've them. And what actually happened yeah. was Brenda Song, Sam, reached out to her friend Ali for some comfort in this time. And Ali started talking about her own stuff and basically ignored everything she was saying. Yeah. And then the character of Sam just simpers at Ali and is like, oh. Oh, well, Ali. Oh. Never change. Uh, Luke, I'm, I'm having some um, some trouble. I was wondering if you could give me some advice. Oh, yes. At what, it, what do you need? Okay. Well, I was walking in um, the woods uh, here in... Um, the middle of London. Sure. You know those woods that they have here? Yeah, the dense um, forest. Yeah. Yeah, the dense dense forest. I was just minding my own business and then um, in quick succession I was struck by lightning 28 times. Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it, seemed un- it seems unlikely that it would happen. I don't know where it came from. It's sort of a cloud just appeared above me, struck me with lightning 28 times and then vanished. Ah, that's annoying. That's annoying. Are you okay? Uh, well, that's the th- I'm, I'm not sure. I feel like I should see a, a doctor to get myself checked out because it did blast off several of my limbs. Yeah, yeah and you my sh- hair's all standing straight up now as well. Which is a good look. And you can see my skeleton through my skin. Which is also a good look. You've yeah. got a good-looking skeleton, Andy. I've long suspected it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I try and take care of it. Um, I send it out for <laughs> polishing. Thought, I bet that's a good skeleton he's got in there. Send it out for polishing a couple of times <laughs> a month, you know, just to keep it fresh. Um, but yeah, I, 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 you know, I have a public-facing job. I need to, um, my skin needs to be um, on. opaque. Broadly yeah. on. Not see-through. Yeah. So if I could, I need to see a doctor, but I, I don't know um, how to find one who um, understands my medical needs and also takes my insurance. Uh, well, Andy, uh, it's, it's, it's such a shame 
that you don't live in the US. Because what I would say to everyone who lives in the US is that you want to go download the ZocDoc app. It's a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. I'm talking about booking appointments with thousands top-rated and patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. And Andy in the UK here, all struck by lightning with translucent skin, cannot access them because this is a US service. So I've got nothing to tell you, Andy, but I, I mean, if you were in the US, things would be different. And I wish they were because you can, on this app, you can filter specifically for doctors who mm. take your insurance, are located near you, and treat almost any condition that you're searching for. Okay, well, actually, now that you mention it, I am being picked up by a tornado, um, like at the start of The Wizard of the Oz, so it might deposit me in somewhere in the continental United States when it's done with me. I, I, I mean, yeah, that, I think that would be that would be very lucky for you. I think you should hope that they do. Um, oh, no, it's just I'm going into the ocean. Ah, yeah. yeah. I don't think Zoc, okay, I don't well, think Zoc Doc covers the ocean. Okay, if you could let work... No, I'll be late. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say you okay. said you'd be on time. <laughs> um, all right. So, what was that? What was that URL again? Of chaos. Uh, well, you should go to zocdoc.com/mcc and download the Zocdoc app for free, and then you can find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's zocdoc.com/mcc. Zocdoc.com/mcc. Luke, do you know what I think is the ultimate Christmas present? Oh, uh, bowling ball. Yes, again, Luke. Um, time spent with loved ones. <laughs> you couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> oh, man. What is it? I am, of course, talking about Art by Ravensburger, the ultimate painting-by-number experience. Oh, man. You will find everything you need to start your artistic journey today with Ravensburger's carefully curated painting-by-numbers kits. Oh, awesome. That's right. The ultimate Christmas present. Yeah, that, oh man, that is actually way better than the other things I said. Mm-hmm. Who needs a bowling ball? Yep, that's right. Whether you're a seasoned artist seeking a new challenge or a beginner eager to explore the world of painting or someone just keen to not spend time with your loved ones, <laughs> instead, you can use one of Ravensburger's kits to cater to all skill levels and ages. Embrace the therapeutic benefits of painting by numbers as you melt away the stresses of daily life and find solace in the act of creation without facing the pressure of a blank canvas. I think this would make a pretty sweet Christmas present, to be honest. I'd love this. It's a Christmas present that says, hey, I think that your time is valuable and that your relaxation is valuable and that you taking a little bit of mo- little little moment for yourself yeah to just do some cool painting and chill out is important to just just bob ross out for an yeah, afternoon just bob ross out for an afternoon Come on. Yeah. You can easily explore Ravensburger's wide selection of enchanting designs on Amazon, ranging from majestic landscapes to adorable animals and everything in between. That's right. Let your imagination run wild and embrace the joy of painting with Creart by Ravensburger. Shop Creart on Amazon today. So the, the snow has stopped. Yeah. Mom is spreadsheeting Christmas Day some more. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry. Sorry. You missed, you missed, <laughs> you missed Peter Scolari's sexy celebrity weather report, where he says that the snow has stopped. But that's small consolation to Jennifer Love Hewitt, who slipped on a patch of ice in Burbank. <laughs> the sexy weather news that we all need. The other news anchors are all just staring blankly at him, which is such poor broadcasting etiquette. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you would at least sort of try and make it look a bit smooth, you know? Yeah, cover paper over the cracks a little. But, but yeah, so we can we can see that the the stopped snow has made the news on peter scolari's weather report yes it has but also edwin hadley is still doing a bad job of he's still doing reporting the weather so mom yeah mom's doing her spreadsheets um she walks through into the living room to find ali 
and Joey, and they have charmingly wrapped a cactus in Christmas lights. And Joey says, it's our substitute Christmas tree in case dad doesn't get back in time. This is so bleak. Buy a tree. (laughs) Buy a tree, you weirdos. Buy a tree before the 23rd of December, you weirdos. You think when dad gets back, if he makes it back in time for Christmas, when he finally makes it home after that flight, after that drive, he's going to want to go get a Christmas tree? No. Or do you think he's going to want to see a cactus with tinsel on his living room? He's going to kick that cactus in half. Yeah. The second he gets in the door. He's going to want to get in, take off his shoes, sit down, Fire up the laptop, show you his yeah. new JPEGs on bonesforbowser.com. Bonesforbowser.com. Yeah. Full mask off. <laughs> Bones for Bowser enjoyer. Yeah, so the mum is in absolute pieces at this. Yeah. She's crying. She's, and... She thinks it's beautiful. The family roast marshmallows together. Yeah, Joey never knew what the fireplace was for because they never had to use it because of Los Angeles's famously clement weather. Mm-hmm. The kids ask mom if she definitely has time for all of this charming Christmas activity because, you know, Mm. she's always working. You dare you work. Always working, mom. What are you doing to this family by working? working? And a a big translucent face of Walt Disney appears filling the screen and shakes its head sadly. (laughs) Its eyes start pinwheeling and it says, stop working, women. (laughs) Mourning the death of the nuclear family. Yeah, it's just classic. It's just Disney yeah. Channel stuff. Uh, okay. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? So, cut two. It's night time. Uh-oh, as Ali sleeps, the machine outside activates. Yeah. Um, a little sort of prong f- fires out the top of it and starts whirring around. Yeah. Uh, then when Ali wakes up in in the morning, she wakes up calmly and goes to the window but oh no, outside now it's a positive blizzard. A wet, soapy right. potato blizzard. The snow is now deep and crisp and even outside. Everyone's shoveling. Yeah. Um, Ali explains to Sam that she can't turn off the machine. Sam's mum is trying to get to work at the hospital where it sounds like people are dropping like flies. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Um, yeah, so Samantha's mum says that the hospital's on emergency alert. And I assume emergency power. The National Guard has been called out to stop people using the freeways. So presumably that. <laughs> Gunning down motorists <laughs> trying to stay back, stay back, stay back. Uh, a, a jumpy young private and opens fire on them. <laughs> Hold your fire, damn it! <laughs> a rumor is spreading that this snow is being caused by Californians themselves. They're being imprisoned in barns with "Don't open snow inside" written on the door. Snow inside. Um. Okay. So Ali has explained to Samantha that she can't turn the machine off and that none of the buttons work anymore. I've written mm. break it question mark, but I guess it's not something that they've considered. They consider it later. Yeah, they consider it later when the death toll um, climbs ever high. Yeah. Uh, the news has come in that the cast of Friends has been trapped inside their studio and uh, Evan, Ed, sorry, Edwin Hadley needs to be on it right away or get on the employment unemployment line. Yeah. Um, but his computer program has just finished... The calculations. Sidebar, before we get into that, man, I would watch the cast of Friends trapped inside their studio. <laughs> that's the, yeah. that's another one of those jumping off points where you're like, could the decomp be this instead? It would be like the well, Breakfast I mean, Club, but with Ross in it. Yeah, I mean, Ross, the largest friend, would simply eat the other. Well, I mean, cannibalism is what they'd have to resort to. Yeah, only Ross walks out considerably larger than before, picking his teeth <laughs> yeah. with Phoebe's bones. <laughs> 
So, yeah. So his computer program has finished its search. It allows him to now zoom in on 318 Central Avenue, which is where the storm started. Yeah. It's very specific. The computer graphics of this are truly joyful. Storm underscore not final dot PNG is sort of <laughs> rotating over a PNG on a map. And then when he zooms in, it goes bleep, bleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Storm PNG remains spinning the same size in place. It sort of doesn't expand along with the rest of the map. It's, yeah, it's just, well, it's awful, but in a charming way. just seeing way. if there's a 318 Central Avenue in Los Angeles. Um, there Avenue. is one, yeah, there is one in Glendale. Ooh. Uh, not known for its um, woods. <laughs> not known for its forested areas in Glendale. <laughs> Uh, it is near Griffith Park. Okay, but I don't think they. I don't think they cut through Griffith. I don't Sa- think Santa's cabin. Santa is in Griffith probably Park. doesn't have a lodge in Griffith Park. In Griffith it? Park, no. no. Maybe there was the Forest Lawn Cemetery. <laughs> I mean, that's where the grave of Walt Disney is. It all comes. Back. Oh my gosh! Yes, it all comes back. It was buried oh. with the weather machine. So we cut back to Ali's house. Mum's had a lot of calls. Unc- the uncle and aunt are snowed in and can't make it. So are the grandparents. Dad is stuck in San Francisco. Everything's shut. The roads are closed. He won't be coming home for Christmas. I hate the snow, says Joey. Me too, says Mum. Ali tears up and she looks significantly at her mum's charm bracelet. Yeah, looks like she'll have to wait until the new year to add a new charm yeah. to it. To add a 27th charm to it. Meanwhile, Sam's father remains in his grave. Yeah, smash cut to Samantha's mum performing CPR on the victims of a blizzard-induced pile-up. <laughs> Ali truly is suffering the most of anyone this holiday season. The most that anyone ever has. Mm. It is It is a bit gaudy. This, I mean, the charm bracelet is gaudy, but I mean... Tonally, it's a bit off. They should have just not done this thing about Samantha's dead dad, dead dad, and made Samantha's mom an emergency nurse in a hospital that is failing because there's no power and they're like flooded with sort of snow victims. You could have just kept this movie light, but they didn't. Yeah, so when and- so when you see Ali sort of like look, looking sadly at a charm bracelet that's going to go uncharmed this Christmas. 28th charmed. It's like, who cares? People are clearly it's, dying. It's so bad for the character of Ali. She's oblivious to the suffering of everyone around her. Yeah. She's so incredibly self-centered. Also, in, in the midst of this, in the when we were seeing the, the TV station before, like there were loads of TVs like playing rolling news of catastrophic weather, freeways closed, infrastructure collapsing, basically. Yeah. It's like things are getting real bad out there. It's like the day after tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Roland Emmerich film out there. Um, so we see like a sort of Rodeo Drive style sh- shopping street. It's a wasteland of stranded cars. Yeah, it's like the people have abandoned their have vehicles. abandoned their vehicles in the street. Edwin uh, Hadley is he's raging at the traffic, and then up drives a man on a snowmobile. I've put brackets question mark question mark close brackets. Yeah. Why does a man own a snowmobile in Los Angeles? I don't know. First question. Second question. What's going on here then? Because Edwin Hadley carjacks him and drives off on it. Yeah, Ed- Edwin Hadley presses Y. And just sort of boots him off, says, um, I'll be sure to mention you in my Emmy speech as he drives mm. away. Cut to everyone's cancelling mum's parties because yep. no one can get to them. Ali is on the phone. Turns out Blake has cancelled his party because he has a tummy ache and has to go to sleep at 3 p.m. <laughs> he's two. He's cancelled his Christmas party because all of his extended family has been killed in an... <laughs> Killed in a deadly ice. 
this, this thing is single-handedly destroying our lives, says Sam. Yeah. Thanks, Sam, you asshole, says Ali, because I didn't feel bad enough already. Why don't you cry about it to your dad? Oh, that's right, he's dead. At this point in, at this point in my notes... <laughs> I hate Ali so much! At this point in my notes, I've written in capitals, Santa is barely in this. <laughs> Where's Santa? All he's done so far is pop he's up bothering, <laughs> bothering, bothering women with medium-feated, medium-feated. He's just smoke bombing into people's houses. <laughs> Let, him, Let me see those feet snarling at them. He's not dressed as Santa. <laughs> just threatening children. And again. Santa's weather machine, not a thing. So this movie is really not feeling that Christmassy all time. Yeah, right. Um, so they go upstairs and into Ali's room, just in time to see Joey climbing out of the window. No, Joey, don't do it. <laughs> it does. It looks like he's, yeah. Um, but in fact, he's seen the device in the window box and he thinks that it's his present. Um, mm. So Samantha says... They, they sort of get Joey out of there and say, and they're trying to think of what to do. Samantha says, let's go back and give the guy his weather machine back. Ali doesn't want to. Yep. Sam's next plan is to smash it with a hammer. Yep. Good idea. Sam is the only sensible character in this film. Suddenly Ali has an idea. Make the antennas longer with coat hangers and send yep. the signal to outer space. <laughs> and Samantha points out this will probably broadcast the snow signal to the whole world and induce a new ice age. <laughs> Yeah. Ali says she's being pessimistic, but isn't that the natural conclusion? Ali hasn't explained what she thinks sending the, the signal into space will do. Samantha, here's my plan. Send the signal into space, freeze the entire world. No one will in blame case me. the planet in ice. In case. Then we won't get in trouble because everyone will be dead. When everyone's blood freezes in their veins, we won't get in trouble. We won't have to do our school report. We won't have to do our assignment anymore. <laughs> When the earth is plunged into a new ice age. <laughs> so, yeah, they argue. Great idea. We'll be responsible for the next ice age. You're being such a pessimist. I'm not. I'm being realistic. If you hadn't stolen the machine, none of this would have happened. I didn't steal it. I took it out of the garbage. If you're so worried about it, then why didn't you stop me? I tried to. No, you didn't. You're too chicken, like always. Chicken? Yeah, chicken. Great. The electricity. What are you going to do now, Einstein? I'd help you out, but I'm too chicken. So Ali rages at Sam for being too chicken to stop her from doing the things she does. <laughs> yeah, this is all your fault. <laughs> you stupid idiot. Sam, why? you're too chicken to stop me why? doing the things I do. Why didn't you stop me activating this weather machine? Um, oh, then, God, I hate her. then the power goes out. Uh, as the entire West Coast power infrastructure <laughs> collapses. <into> blackness. <laughs> Phone lines, heat, soon it will all start to fail as the USA is enveloped in Santa's eternal winter. <laughs> so Samantha, who to be fair, is coming up with idea after idea after idea, says, yeah. do you have a lead box? It worked for yeah. Superman. Maybe it'll stop the rays. It is a... Great idea, Samantha kicks ass. Yes, um, Ali reveals that, of course, like all dads, her dad has a lead box in the garage. It's something to do with his website. Of, <laughs> presumably full of the really, <laughs> the really extreme stuff. 
so we'll put the they say we'll put it the weather machine in that and bury it in the yard yeah um mum's clients are cancelling left and right the assistant uh is going home um the girls are sneaking out um to the garage yes uh, they go out to the garage but in the darkness they find three middle-aged men hiding in it <laughs> everyone starts screaming yeah. Not so fast, says Santa, grabbing Samantha viciously. Not dressed as Santa. <laughs> he says, you are number 263 on my Los Angeles naughty girl list. Yeah. He reels off a list of alley facts to prove who he says he is. Yeah. It's like her, her favourite foods, innermost desires, things that only Santa or someone who had been following Ali would know. Yeah, he knows all about Sam's flossing habits, um, which he's impressed with. But Ali needs more proof. Fine, says Santa, and then turns to Sam and says, Sam, when you're alone, you dance to Ricky Martin music and pretend you're married to him. It's pretty harsh on Sam. It was Ali who wanted the proof. And he's like, cool, let me reel off some embarrassing facts about Sam. (laughs) We just absolutely own Sam. (laughs) What? Also, Sam is just in there like, what the f***? Also, for me, call me suspicious, for me it's not enough proof. If the man in the garage is like, I know you dance to Ricky Martin music, I'll be like, I mean, you could know that if you're Santa. I'm I'm a 13-year-old girl, of course I do. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. So then uh, Santa starts dunking on Ali's whole family. Oh, yeah. Even though your friends may think you have the perfect family, we both know that things aren't always the way you'd like them to be. The fact is that you, your mother and father, and even little Joey are so busy going in a million different directions that no one ever has time for one another. And even though you put on a brave face and act like it doesn't bother you, it does. Sometimes it makes you very, very sad. So the face of Walt Disney looms back into the screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop doing things, women. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> and do my pal Eisner a solid and try Disneyland Paris. <laughs> We've sorted out the weird smell. <laughs> well, we, we are sorting it. We are, we are sorting it out. <laughs> yeah. it's, if it sweetens the deal, it's in a beetroot field near, near Paris. Does that, does that sound good? <laughs> Back in the house, the doorbell rings and mum answers. It's Edwin Hadley. That's the right. weatherman. He says that she's won a contest one night with Edwin Hadley. <laughs> <laughs> he asks, he asks if he can come in. Um, I don't know why have I written. Meanwhile, Phoebe and Rachel are probably eating Monica. Oh, it's the friends thing. So Edwin says you've won a contest. Um, once he gets in the house, though, he starts snooping around examining the house because, remember, he knows that the bizarre weather originated at this address. Mm. He's trying to find the source of the snow. His hair is matted with soap and potato, as his mum's, even though she hasn't been outside. <laughs> he couldn't be more suspicious or threatening if he tried. Yeah. He picks up a picture of her husband and he says, who's this? Is he in government work? Can't tell you. Gotta kill you. He throws, <laughs> flings the picture onto the sofa and then starts unscrewing her lamp. <laughs> Mom is- she offers him some some coffee. She's being very tolerant. Well, I mean, presumably, would you like some coffee is a, is a cover for her to go and call the police. Yeah. You would hope. Well, the, the phone lines are all down, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. So- She's at the total mercy of any murderer who wants to let themselves in. So Edwin Hadley says, uh, oh, 
Yes, I actually would like some coffee, realising that if he gets rid of Mom on a coffee errand, yeah. then he can have run of the house and find the source of the weather machine. That's right. So he asked for coffee, cookies, candy, nuts, a bowl of fruit, popcorn, toast with butter, uh, a pot roast, yams if you have them. <laughs> Fine. Back in the garage. Santa explains the machine at last. Mm, it's very temperamental. At it took, last. It took him over two months to build it, which doesn't seem long enough. It is. We are, as I've said, at exactly the one hour mark in this film. And this mm. is when someone asks Santa, why has he built a diabolical weather machine? <laughs> should we hear, Santa, should we hear Santa's yeah, answer? I'd love to. I'd love to. It's important because I wanted to give people the ultimate Christmas present. A gentle white snowfall, so simple and so pure that we would all just stop rushing around and take a few moments to be reminded of the magic of the season. Uh, so, it was to give the world the ultimate Christmas present. Yep. Gentle snowfall. Gentle, gentle, gentle white snowfall. Gentle snowfall. Um... But to be fair, what Santa says here is what I would also say if I was put on the spot about making a weather pod. <laughs> but his reasoning that gentle snowfall is so simple and pure that we'd all stop rushing around to be reminded of the magic of the season. Again, in any snowfall in Los Angeles, I mean, you've seen what happens in LA when it rains. Yeah. People just like pinwheel their cars off the freeway into like into a canyon. Also like... Here in the UK, which I have a lot of knowledge of, if it snowed on Christmas, no one could get anywhere. It would. Well, it would. That's why no one. It doesn't matter on Christmas because no one does go anywhere because we all have to endure Christmas Day. That's true. But also, you can't go anywhere on Boxing Day if it snowed the day before because. Yes, yeah, that's true. A little bit. A gentle snowfall is not a thing that our infrastructure can handle. Mm. It's been proved time and time again. I imagine there are lots of places in the world where a gentle snowfall would provoke not everyone putting down their smartphones and going, wow, aren't we just a little bit, aren't we? Yeah. Instead, they would start panicking, perhaps assuming that it's a sign of the end of the world. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to cause people to stop rushing around. I think it's people are going to have to do the same amount of stuff, but it's going to take way longer because the infrastructure can't handle snowfall. Yeah. Also, like their whole the whole day is going to be sort of nervy. As everyone tries to figure out, like, why did it snow when the weather when the when the weather said it wouldn't? Yeah, when we live in Los Angeles. Yeah, this is weird and unsettling. Yeah. Um. So Santa's like, okay, now where is the machine? But yeah, <laughs> incredibly, this is the, this is the funniest shot of the whole film because yeah, we cut to Edwin exploring the house. He opens the door of Ali's bedroom, and the scene we're presented with <laughs> is Joey sat on the floor holding the weather machine which is blasting him in the face with snow and he's going ah 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 it's it's so funny bear in mind we know the amount of snow that is being it's like an entire seaboard's worth of weather is being blasted into his face <laughs> also he's pointing it into his own screaming face <laughs> pointed away from he you. can point it away if he wants it he's we are to infer that he snuck in here because he thinks that this machine was his present, you'll remember. Yeah. Uh, and so he went and grabbed it, only to have an entire seaboard's worth of snow fired into his open mouth. <laughs> it's like... It's like... Oh, you got me a Nerf gun for Christmas, thank you. So, oh no, it's shooting me in the face. Oh no, I'm still... Oh no, it's still doing I'm it. I'm still ah. pulling the trigger. Ah. <laughs> I'm still pulling... Ah. Ah. 
Oh, oh, I'm reloading it. Oh, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> oh, no, it's still going. Ah. So, yeah, he's getting covered in a dense layer of ashy potato soap. Um, Edwin rushes up. Oh, weather-making machine, he says, instantly grasping what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then he says yeah. the line that is doing a huge amount of narrative heavy lifting. From now on, I will be the greatest weatherman in the world because I will control the weather. Yep. <laughs> really... <laughs> Low ambition for this. But yeah, he's basically uh, <laughs> announcing that he is now Weatherman, the newest yeah. supervillain. Yes, that's right. He is now... Yes, exactly. He's no longer a Weatherman. He's now Weatherman. Yeah. Uh, his first <laughs> his first act is Weatherman. I think, I think today it'll be sunny. Yeah. Oh, it was. He's the greatest Weatherman in the world. <laughs> I mean, it's not... He lives in Los Angeles. He pre- uh, Presumably he gets it right 90% of the time anyway, because it's sunny all the time in Los Do Angeles. Do you need a weatherman in Los Angeles? Can you not just put up a JPEG of the sun? Yeah. Oh, look, there it is. You'll see that today. <laughs> you, yeah, look out the window. It's there too. So anyway, um, Ali has to find a way to sneak Santa into the house. So we have a brief comic scene where they have Sparky the Elf play Ding Dong Ditch mm-hmm. um, on the mom, while Santa, Crumpet, Ali and Samantha... Sneak upstairs. Yeah, I have a note here that just says, this poor woman. Yeah, right. <laughs> she's just, her husband is stranded. Yeah. Her business is collapsing. Yeah. And the, her house <laughs> is full of capering men. <laughs> running up and, and down her being, stairs. And now she's being ding-dong-ditched yeah. by Patrick Starr from Spongebob Squarepants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Snow is being fired into her house. Her lungs are full of potato. Um, so the gang bumps into Edwin coming down the stairs. Edwin, give me the machine, snarls Santa. <laughs> Santa snaps around. <laughs> but Edwin turns and runs, and in his first act as supervillain weatherman, clambers out of Ali's window, slips, smashes his ribs on the ledge, and falls to the ground in a crunched-up bone. <laughs> <laughs> he, get, he does manage to make it to the snowmobile. The others... Go, go down the stairs and out the front door and Edwin speeds off. Mm. Um, I know a shortcut, says Ali, and they start jogging. Yep. Nothing can stop me now, says Edwin, as he races through the snowy streets, but the previous owner of his skidoo jumps in front of him. <laughs> he turns to avoid him. Presumably then... thinking life without his snowmobile is not worth living. So he <laughs> leaps in front of the speeding snowmobile. But luckily Edwin turns uh, and then he ramps into a candy factory, <laughs> does a flip and lands in a big vat of molten chocolate for some reason. <laughs> yeah, um, it's quite a good-looking stunt. I watched it several times. Uh, it does feature like sort of a big mannequin flying through the air, which <laughs> always pleases me. Uh, yeah, and lands in this vat of chocolate that is unhygienically just there, unsealed. Yeah. Uh, he rises up from it like the T-1000 with the weather machine still in his clutches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what follows is a sort of um, very tense cat and mouse game through a fact. It's a lot like the end of Child's Play 2. They're moving... <laughs> They're moving through this factory, being stalked by an insane weatherman. Security at this candy factory is bad, I've written, yeah. because everyone's just like wandering around and touching the candy. <laughs> no one's stopping them or doing anything about it. So the gang survey the scene. Santa tells Horace, the snowmobile guy, that he'll bring him a new one for Christmas. Um, yeah. Samantha says it's like he vanished. Uh, but then Ali finds a set of chocolate footprints. They lead to nothing. Yeah. They stop abruptly and santa is puzzled but then sparky notices chocolate dripping onto his hand from above that's right it's like that bit in alien where the water drips down on the dude just before he's got by the xenomorph yeah or any like horror film when 
like oh i think it happens in predator as well like blood is dripping from a hanging body yes yeah 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 so it's like that horror trope but it's chocolate dripping and they look up mm-hmm. and see edwin on a gangway above huddled above yeah. them covered in chocolate clutching the machine and a candy cane defensively stand back he says presumably threatening to press the earthquake button um and then santa gives the order to sparky he says up you go um, Sparky puts a candy cane between his teeth and snarls. And presumably goes up to kill Edwin. To shank him with a candy cane. Just spear him with a shard of <laughs> shard of rock candy. So Edwin panics and uses the candy cane to slide down a cable uh, and he falls into a big box of bulk cotton candy, dropping the machine mm. as he goes. And Ali catches it. And then Edwin gets out of the box and says, Santa, can I have the machine again? <laughs> can, can I have <laughs> can it? Can I have it? And Santa says no. And everyone stands yeah. there for a minute and then they walk away. <laughs> but he is detained and roughed up by elves. <laughs> Cut to Santa's cabin. For some reason, Edwin has been stripped. <laughs> <laughs> and is wearing Santa's robe. I guess I guess because they were perilously in danger of Santa at any point looking like Santa Claus in this movie. <laughs> Not just a, an old just man like who's getting around intimidating Snarling people. man. Okay, so Santa's working on the machine. Um, Edwin is like, well, I guess I'll be off. And then he's intimidated by elves. Um, Santa needs some chewing gum to fix uh, the machine. So Sparky very slowly sort of drools a piece of chewing gum out of his mouth onto Santa's hand. It's gross. Yeah. Um, Santa has put it back together, but he's he's stumped as to why it, it doesn't seem to be working. I'm stumped. The Q-wire is attached. The rhombus wheel is turning. I've triple-checked everything from the alpha coil to the zip volume. In theory, this machine should be working perfectly. Did you check the batteries? Batteries. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I always use my own special brand of batteries, Ever Merry. Each battery lasts a hundred years, so it couldn't possibly... Oh, dear. What's wrong? I just remembered that when I put the batteries in, I was out of Ever Merry, so I used generic ones. Quick, open these up. So, yeah, so Santa says, uh, it can't be the batteries. I use my own brand, Ever Merry batteries. Each one lasts 100 years. Oh, except I just remembered I didn't do that and just <laughs> used generic ones. So also a, a lack of power isn't this machine's problem. So, so, I, so we are led to believe that Santa has magic batteries that last 100 years, but yeah. he can't magically just have some of them. Yeah. Like it's OK to magically have magic batteries, but he can't actually magic <laughs> them to have them. But also, also, like, also Santa off with your gentle snowfall how about this for the <laughs> ultimate christmas present 100 year long lasting batteries how about solve the energy crisis yeah. you prick santa i don't know if you've seen how we're generally doing in terms of power <laughs> and energy but we could use some everberries we don't need the gentle snowfall thank you so you're always rushing around trying to get fossil fuels you're always There's rushing around snowfall or to... rushing around trying to solve the climate crisis <laughs> a little look at some gentle snowfall or to or to put paid to that <laughs> Oh, geez. Yeah. So, So, yeah. Yeah. Santa replaces the batteries. It turns on. He raises the temperature to 58 degrees, brings out the sun. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Ali asked Santa, is she on the naughty list? And Santa's... For sake, Ali, not now! <laughs> and Santa says yes. <laughs> not but now, Ali. Santa says yes, but that this can change if she learns something from this. Yeah. And if she agrees to appear in the Hagen place of Santa. <laughs> she Then he gives a sort of, like, talk about how great Ali is. He's like... I have high hopes for you, Ali Thompson. You're a trailblazer with a great sense of adventure. She's a dick who's learned nothing yeah. and not redeemed herself at all. She only felt bad when she was directly affected. This whole scene, Sam, who did as much to stop this as Ali did, is standing simpering in the background going, Oh, hooray. Ali. Ali did it. Oh, hooray, Ali. Ali did it. Ali also caused yeah. it. She's a girl who stole a weather machine because she didn't want to do her English report. Yeah. And of this person, Santa says, you're a trailblazer with a great sense of adventure. She didn't want to do her homework, so she melted yeah. the Eastern, the Western Killed seaboard. thousands of people. Yeah. Ali, Ali is the worst. And Sam gets no like nice thing from Santa where he says how great she is. Nope. She just stands there going, oh, Ali, you're the main no, character. He just turns and snarls at her and says, don't dance to Ricky Martin anymore. So Santa says that being a brilliant genius like Ali comes with a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Uh, for example, he says, imagine if I just decided to skip Christmas. Mm. Santa says to illustrate the importance of unselfish acts. Yeah. And Ali and Santa embrace. I've written Samantha doesn't get a hug. No, she... No, she- didn't, she didn't steal the weather machine. She did just as much to help and just stands there sort of like simpering while Santa and Ali hug. You did a wonderful job helping me today, Ali, and I'll never forget that, says Santa. Of- also, Sam was there. <laughs> so, so frustrating. So Edwin pipes up and says, can I leave? And Santa stamps over to him with his head lowered like a charging rhino. Because it's time for a Santa bollocking. He says, spittle flecking his beard, says, what? screams in Edwin's face, I couldn't be more ashamed. He says, what happened to you, Edwin? He says, as a child, you were bright and inquisitive. What made you so mean? Edwin says, it's not fair. Ever since he was a boy, he wanted to be a meteorologist. And now he is one. So I don't know what the problem is. But for some reason, he's crying. <laughs> Where other little boys could look at a cloud and see a pony or some ice cream, he just saw condensed forms of atmospheric moisture. He sobs. What? Yes. He, yes. He was desperate to be a meteorologist. Yeah. And has become one. So what is the problem, Edwin? Well, what you need is a new challenge, says Santa, a place where the weather is exciting, where you can share your knowledge with people with the same passions as you. I can send you there if you promise to be good. And Edwin swears that he will. Yeah. It's nearly time for Christmas now, but first, yep. Ali asks Santa for a favour. Whisper. Incredibly. <laughs> Ali asks Santa for a favour. And I'm like, sweet, she's going to ask for Sam's dad to be brought back to life. <laughs> but no. That's not to have to do her no, homework. No. Kill my teachers. <laughs> no. Yeah. She asked for her dad to be able to get his connecting flight. <laughs> From SFO <laughs> to LAX. To LAX. Or I guess rent a car. Um, you know, there are many ways he could do it. Uh, so that's the favour she's asked for because we cut to Christmas morning. Ali comes downstairs. Mum and Joey follow. Um, mum looks at Ali and says, Ali, I couldn't get your rollerblades. And Ali says, Mum, I forgot all about my rollerblades. Mm. Uh, the kids say they don't want to open any presents until dad gets home. And mum's like, I don't know. He could be a while. It might not be today. But then there's a flash. And behind Ali on the crappy cactus tree, a postcard has appeared with a photo of Santa and Sparky and Crumpet on it. And it says... Mm -hmm. Your gift should arrive right about dot, dot, dot now, exclamation mark. Even in his letters, uh -huh. Santa is snarling. 
<laughs> honk honk says goes a horn outside it's dad they all run hug and embrace Yay. there's snow everywhere still Yay. how did you get a ride in that says mum pointing to the vehicle i met two guys going my way says dad uh the window rolls down it's the elves of course Sparky and ali waves at them yeah dad says their names are Sparkit and grumpy <laughs> Al- and then ali says it's sparky and crumpet and dad says how do you know the names of these two odd men who drove me home from the san francisco airport and Ali smiles and says, it's kind of a long story. And dad's like, yep, no further questions. That's like, good, let's let's hear it because this is trouble. <laughs> yeah, but no, that doesn't happen. Instead, they just all go in the house. So dad gives the mum uh, a charm. It's a snowflake for her, for her bracelet. Yep. Um, they love on each other for a bit. And then he says, I love you all so much. And being here is the ultimate Christmas present. Um, Santa is watching all of this unfold on CCTV and then starts making out with his wife. <laughs> family (laughs) we see the family they all enjoy clumping the caustic soap powders into loose fistfuls and throwing them at each other and the film ends with a shot of edwin in antarctica i think teaching a bunch of nerds about weather yeah they're all dressed like him they all have stupid bow ties on like he does this class will be technical and difficult he says he's so cool says a nerd Then the film ends. Then that's all. That's all of this film that they made. Yeah, (laughs) they were like, "Well, well, that's 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 all we've got." (laughs) That's what we did. (laughs) So that's the movie we made. (laughs) Well, we were going to make more, but we lost the keys to the studio. We couldn't get back in. Turns out. Turns out we actually did have 90 minutes of footage if we didn't cut all the bits where Santa's snarling angrily. So <laughs> it's probably fine. Um, yeah, so that was uh, the ultimate Christmas present. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, there's a l- I think this film is very bad. Yeah. But it yeah. is one of... I-, I found it a miserable experience to re-watch, but mm. I really enjoyed recapping it because yeah. it was a really... It was a really fun one to to tear into, to be honest. The, oh my god the the concept of Santa's weather machine is nothing. <laughs> it's, the main yeah. character is really unlikable. It's so unlikable. There is a long sequence in the middle where the words "the secret agent man" appear on screen without the music. Or <laughs> Santa threatens Santa girls. Or Santa visits people who he knows have size seven feet. <laughs> There's bones for Bowser.com. It's just in, the end of Charles Play 2 with chocolate. In many ways, it is a very complete decom. Yeah. That's not it's not a good film. It's not a good decom, but it is a complete decom. Yes. It does it does, you know, like if we if we had a bingo card, I feel like this would be <laughs> It would be filled in. It would be filled for in, sure. yeah. Oh my god! Okay, I can't get I can't get over how unlikable Ali is and how hard done by Brenda Song's character Sam. Is I know it's really movie. sad, it's so frustrating to watch, and, it, and it's made all the it's made all the more brutal by the fact that Brenda Song really does like act the stuffing out of that scene. Why? Where she's Why have a scene where she talks about her dead dad? It makes everything so much worse. <laughs> I don't. That's that's nothing. Ah. <laughs> oh. Okay. Andy, can I read you some emails? Yes. Palette cleanser, please. First, I want to give a shout out to everyone who emailed us. uh, And there were quite a few of you. So thank you all for your emails on the subject of 
ice taxis, little taxis that take you onto ice rinks. Every single yep. person who emailed us about ice taxis was emailing to say, I have never heard of an ice taxi. This is not a thing. This is nothing. So great confirmation. Thank you very much. Um, I'll also just call out this. Um, uh, thanks for your message, MB, uh, who says, I can't think of one reason such a thing would even be necessary. It's dropping inexperienced skaters at the middle of the rink where they will be hardest to rescue if something goes wrong and there's a good chance it hits one of the other skaters on the way back and forth. <laughs> the whole concept is flawed. There you go. There you go. So, um, ice taxis. And uh, thank you, Rosie, for this email. Um, Rosie writes... In response to your episode right on track, you flippantly dismissed the dangers present when wielding a violin. Um, in the small Scottish town where I grew up, us kids had to make do with the slightly less adrenaline-fueled challenges of the violin, and after approaching the subject with enthusiasm, if not skill, for several months, my granny innocently enough sought to encourage my dormant talents by gifting me an electric violin. Plugged into a power supply and my brother's amp, I took the bow tentatively across the strings. No sooner had I mangled the first few notes of Speed Bonnie Boat than the instrument revolted, the wooden bridge shot into my face, and the screeching metallic yowl of the tortured strings blasted through the amplifier and my terrified little body. Needless to say, I politely returned the instrument of death and gave up lessons entirely shortly thereafter. The violin has since always been an instrument that I've respected and feared in equal measure. Thank you, Rosie, for that. So, Andy, egg on your face, turns out you're taking your life in your hands when you play the violin. Yeah. Turns out it is exactly as dangerous to play the violin as it is to do junior drag racing. Yep, exactly as dangerous. Yeah. Um, okay, thank you so much, everyone, for sending in your emails. If you have thoughts on the ultimate Christmas present, perhaps theories as to what geopolitical manoeuvres Santa is planning with his <laughs> earthquake button, then why not email us at momcantcookpod at gmail.com. You can also find our merch at momcantcookstore.com. Yeah, or go on bonesforbowser.com. Bones for Bowser. <laughs> Check it out. If you are enjoying the show, um, please do share it with your friends or maybe write a review uh, for the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Yes. You can review the episodes yes. over on there. They do help uh, get the show in front of more people, which um, obviously would be a great thing to do. That would Did be... Do you see any right there, Andy? Can we read one out? That would be the ultimate Christmas present. <laughs> um, let, me, let me just uh, bring one up. Uh, nice review here from uh, CT underscore 107 via Apple Podcasts. It just says... Unhinged, five stars. <laughs> that, is, that is actually quite nice. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Jess Riordan via Apple Podcast here says, I was going to write a funny review saying how I hate listening to this podcast in public because they inevitably say something that makes me laugh to myself like a weirdo. Uh, but honestly, I'd like to thank Andy and Luke for providing such an enjoyable, funny and comforting podcast. Aww, thank you very much. Shucks, thanks. Man, I'm going to go read more of these. This is nice. Go and read, yeah, yeah. Go and read some recent reviews. Um, okay, thanks, folks. And hey, look. If you don't want to wait a whole fortnight mm. for the next podcast episode, then just don't. That's right. Join our Patreon Extra Helpings at patreon.com forward slash extra helpings and you will have weekly Mom Can't Cook episodes because on the off weeks from the main podcast, we have our bonus episodes where we're recapping episodes of So Weird, the uh, early 2000s Disney Channel original TV series um, about paranormal mysteries. Yes, we're into the second season of So Weird. It's brilliant. It's got that real decom energy. It's absolutely wild. So if you're not a patron yet, now's a great time to get involved because there is now a substantial backlog That's of right. Mum Can't Cook extra helpings for you to listen to and enjoy and just tear through. So our next episode of Mum Can't Cook is going to be our Christmas special and it's going to go out on 
actual Christmas Day. Amazing. So, yeah. So when you're off to the bowling alley, and when you're driving between the bowling alley and the club yeah. on your way to if the restaurant. If you've got time in between basketball yeah. tournaments, why not give it? Yeah. Why not download it? Give it a listen. I'm going to tell you what we're watching um, for the next episode. Yeah. Well, Luke, it's not a it's not a decom. That's the, it's the ultimate Christmas present to ourselves. Yeah, we're not doing a decom this time. No, we're doing a 2018 TV movie. Oh yeah, uh, which is available on Prime Video. Yep, uh, in the UK. I'm not sure where else it's available, but you should be able to find it. I imagine uh, you will be able recent. to find it to stream easily in the US. I have not checked yep. that. I just have a strong feeling. Okay, the film is. Oh my god. Oh my god. 2018's. A Very Nutty Christmas, starring Melissa Joan Hart. Uh, I will read you the description, Luke. Please do. After getting dumped by her boyfriend, a bakery owner receives a special gift that turns her Christmas season around. Okay, that doesn't mention anywhere in the description that she f- the nutcracker. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, look. All right, let's put the tiger on the table, folks. This movie is about a magic nutcracker that goes big and comes to life and has a romance with Melissa Joan Hart. With Melissa Joan Hart. Here's, okay, here's a better one. Kate, a workaholic baker, has given up on Christmas, especially this year when her boyfriend dumps her and she's got to fill an order of 15,000 cookies before Christmas. <laughs> However, the gift of a magic nutcracker who turns into a real man <laughs> makes the once cynical Kate understand the magic and beauty of Christmas. And of love. <laughs> and of nutcracker love. So yeah, sweet, sweet nutcracker love. A very nutty Christmas. Um, yeah, it's not a Disney Channel TV movie, but it sure has that energy that we prize, and I know that you prize. Yep. So check it out on Christmas Day. I can't wait to watch it again. Oh man, yeah, what we've already watched it. Andy and I have seen. We watched it like two Christmases ago, didn't we? Uh huh. So yeah. yeah. So so trust me when I say it is extremely choice, and you're going to really enjoy hearing it. Okay, right, Andy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I have to go now. Santa's okay. Santa's coming back. Santa's head has snapped around, and he's seen you. He's snarling. What are you talking about his seven feet. Are you talking are... about? Are you talking about me? No, Santa. I swear, we'd never keep it that way. Okay, please, please don't use your earthquake machine to destroy London. <laughs> oh, Andrew, I have much, much grander plans for your city. Look up, Andrew. Okay, I'm looking. You see the moon? I, I see it, Santa. It's shining bright. Click. Oh my god! <laughs> the moon is cl- cracked in twain. Enjoy your precious tides now. 